there. I'm Linda McHenry, host of Taking the Mystery Out of Insurance. Thanks for joining me. Today is Tuesday, August 25th, 2020, and this is episode number 18, Tips for Communicating Effectively. If you'd like more information about who I am, what I do, my books, my YouTube channels, and my podcasts, visit my website at lindamchenry.com. The podcast page also offers you the opportunity to submit questions for each week's Q&A section of the podcast or to request a guest spot. You might also want to check out my book, Taking the Mystery Out of Business, which discusses what I view as the nine fundamentals for professional success. Starts out talking about attitude, discusses relationship, customer retention, and a whole host of other topics. You can find it on Amazon in both paperback and as an ebook. Now, let's get down to our topic today, tips for communicating more effectively. Human beings communicate in one of three ways. When we communicate passively, we tend to defer to other parties and minimize our own opinions and conversation. When we communicate assertively, we usually behave as if all the parties are equal and we value all opinions equally. When we communicate aggressively, we adopt a more forceful manner and focus more on our own opinions and we're less apt to compromise. And of course, we're going to communicate differently with different people and in different settings. We also process our learning in three different ways, visually, auditorily, or hands-on. Most of us communicate and learn predominantly in one of these three fashions while using all three at varying times and to different degrees. If we hear another person tell a story and then we're asked if we agree, if we're predominantly visual, we might answer, yeah, I see what you mean. If we're predominantly auditory, we might answer, yeah, I hear you. And if we're predominantly hands-on, we would probably say, yeah, I feel your pain. Understanding these communication and learning styles is an essential part of building rapport with other people and developing strong relationships and helping them learn to like us. If we speak to our friend in one language and our friend learns in a different language, how much positive communication is taking place and how effective are we at accomplishing our goal? Another important item I want to share is that most people do not realize that their words are the least important aspect of how we interact with others. In reality, nonverbal communication speaks much louder than the spoken word does. When we express ourselves, we use words, tone of voice, and body language. If you were to guess, what percentage of your communication do you think is attributed to each of these expressions? Most people think words or tone of voice constitute the majority, but in reality, when added together, they don't even equal 50%. Research shows that when we interact with others, their understanding of what we express breaks down to the following percentages. Actual words spoken is only 7%. Tone of voice is 38%. And body language is 55%. I'm sure a light bulb went off over your head when you pieced this information together. That's why all those Zoom and Skype calls you've been hopping on during the past few months have been so much more satisfying than communicating via email or just ordinary phone call. Remember, to build rapport and develop relationships, it's essential to understand what people mean when they communicate, because the words they use don't always convey their true message. Often what a person doesn't say has more significance than what he or she does say. The two most important skills involved in reading people, which is recognizing and translating the nonverbal clues they give us, is listening and observing. You do it every day, even though you may not realize it. Have you ever asked, how are you? What do you do when the other person responds, 
fine in a low, depressed tone. Do you accept the surface meaning of the word fine and continue with your conversation, ignoring the underlying message communicated by the tone of voice? Or do you ask what's wrong? Have you ever attended a meeting when the index finger of the speaker's closed hand kept touching his lips and his other hand was stuffed in his pocket? You've heard the words he was speaking, but what was he really saying? I don't know how you feel, but I'm on the alert and wondering how sincere he was being. I performed extensive research when preparing a career development workshop on relationship management. Coupled with more than 40 years of business experience and related training, I utilized dozens of books and publications, and they contributed greatly during the process, and I'm going to share them with you now. Pick up your pens. The first book was Reading People by Joellen Demetrius, and it goes into detail about a variety of tools for understanding and interpreting the clues that people communicate non-verbally. Body Language, written by Julius Fast, was penned in the 1970s, and it's still regarded as eminently insightful and accurate. And my favorite, Handwriting Analysis, Putting It to Work for You, was written by Andrea McNichol, and it provides significant insights into personality traits. Its teachings have proven to be invaluable, especially during the processes of hiring, firing, and putting together teams of people. As I conclude, I want you to remember the most important thing I shared today. Only 7% of what we communicate involves the words we speak. Pretty silly to use that as the basis for understanding other people, don't you think? Now let's move on to our weekly Q&A. In each episode, I answer questions submitted by listeners. This week's question is from a person who learned I just wrote a two-hour insurance continuing education webinar on the topic of insuring cannabis businesses. Elliot asked, Linda, in how many states has cannabis been legalized? Well, Elliot, there are different degrees of legalization. And as of July 2020, cannabis was illegal in nine states. So that means it was illegal for medicinal purposes and for recreational purposes. It was legal for recreational and medical use in 11 states. In another 12 states, only the use of medical marijuana was illegal and the use of recreational marijuana was decriminalized, meaning the use and possession of a small amount of marijuana was not a crime. Now, each state defines what a small amount is, and each state does have the authority to confiscate that small amount and impose a civil fine. Decriminalization is not the same thing as legalizing marijuana. In the remaining states, only medical marijuana was legalized and or small amounts have been decriminalized. That's it for today. Once again, if you'd like to learn more about me and what I do, or you'd like to find all my podcasts, YouTube channels, books, and blog, visit my website at lindamchenry.com. My book about the nine fundamentals for professional success, Taking the Mystery Out of Business, is available on Amazon. Remember, clueless is a dangerous place to be. Tune in next time as we investigate more insurance mysteries together. 